Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outbound Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outbound Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. The top story this week, in my opinion, is going to be something that I won't know about until later today. At the end of Sunday Night Fights today as I'm recording this, August 27th, General Manager John Clace will talk about faction wars. I will tack that information onto the end of the show along with the Sunday Night Fights results, as I usually do. With that being the case, I think I'll start off talking about the 2023 Create-A-Competitor competition. The second match of round two scheduled to kick off Friday, August 25th. I was going to talk to you about the promos I'd seen, and I can tell you as of right now, I haven't seen any posts or videos from any of the four competitors in the match. As a reminder, the match is supposed to be Private Cuddles and Matty Bar 1 versus The Trickster and The Phil Birch. However, when Friday rolled around, there was no post on the SRG Universe Facebook page for the match. The match didn't get posted. I reached out to Pat Mulligan, who runs the CCC, to ask if it was rescheduled, tell him I didn't see the post. As of the time I'm recording this, I have not received a response from him on this. So, the match didn't happen this weekend. I don't know why. I'm assuming it'll be rescheduled. I don't know when it will be rescheduled to. Next weekend is a holiday weekend. It's also Dragon Con weekend. So, I don't think it'll be next weekend, meaning the earliest, in my estimation, this match will take place is the weekend after Labor Day, which I believe is September 8th through the 10th. This is another two-week delay in round two, on top of a three-week delay for match one. I've talked about delays before. I'm not happy with them. I think they kill the momentum of the contest. I'm also now starting to be concerned that the contest may not finish before the end of the calendar year. There's still three rounds to go as I, in my head, figured out, assuming that we're cutting to a top eight after this round, I believe there will be three more rounds to go. We have September, October, November, and December. Four months left. December is going to be a busy month. We have two holidays. We have Thanksgiving at the end of the month before that. PAX Unplugged is the first weekend of December. So from Thanksgiving to New Year's, it's going to be pretty busy. I don't know how much CCC could happen in that time frame. So it puts us on a pretty narrow time frame unless this is going to spill in to next year into 2024. I would not be happy if in a contest with the smallest field ever, we can't get it done in a calendar year. But we'll have to see what happens. Right now, though, there was no CCC match this weekend. Hopefully we'll get a new date for when the match will happen, and hopefully we'll see the participants really come out and make promos and put on a big show going into their match. Because that didn't happen this weekend going into the match. Now, it might be that they knew the match wasn't happening, 
if they knew that, I wish that was communicated to everyone else. Because on the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe, that was August 23rd, they said the match was happening this Friday. So I don't know if there was a miscommunication there or what, but the match didn't happen. It'll be rescheduled for some point in the future. I'll give you more on that when I have it. The next thing I want to talk about is something that I talked about on last week's episode, the Embrace the Madness ruling. I gave you my thoughts. Those are, to recap, Embrace the Madness and the other two cards in that line, Madness Unleashed and the Madness Spreads. I'm just going from memory on those names, so I hope they're right. That those cards tunnel. That, and I'll use the example from the match last week, Brime Time and Titan were a team. Mr. A. Wonderful and Harvey Luster were a team. If Titan hits Embrace the Madness on Mr. A. Wonderful, Embrace the Madness adds text to the next submission that Mr. A. Wonderful plays. It's only on the next submission Mr. A. Wonderful plays in the tunnel, meaning against Titan. That's the way I believe it should work. After discussions with the rules committee, the Madness card line is not restricted by the tunneling rule. It breaks the tunneling rule. Those cards do not tunnel. What do I think about this? First off, there was a lot of discussion about how, and I brought up the comparison with a card like Set Up the Steel Chain that adds text to cards, that those cards add text differently because the Set Up the Steel Chain line adds to all cards as long as it's in play. Embrace the Madness and the Madness line only adds text to the next card. Because they only add text to the next card, they can break the tunnel. Because Set Up the Steel Chain adds text to all the finished submissions in the tunnel, it remains tunneled. I think that is a very flimsy distinction as to why one should be tunneled and one should break the tunnel. I don't think players would naturally see that and say, oh, of course. Of course this would work this way and that would work that way. The wording makes that clear. I think that's completely unclear. I don't think any player reading these two cards would say, oh, yes, this one tunnels. This one is not tunneled. So I think that's a very flimsy justification. Second, this messes up the multiplayer rules. In multiplayer, prior to this ruling, all cards tunneled. All of them. It was a very simple rule. Do cards tunnel in multiplayer? Yes. Now, because of this ruling, if you ask the question, do cards tunnel in multiplayer? Maybe, sometimes, depends on the card. We have now forever changed the multiplayer rules for this one line of three cards. I don't like the idea that we've muddied up the multiplayer rules for this. And this brings me to my last point, which is the biggest point of all. Why do cards tunnel and target in multiplayer anyway? Cards, gimmicks, entrances, effects in Super Show the Game are balanced based on one versus one play. 
even Tornado Tag and Trios, those are balanced going up against one other player using a Tornado Tag or Trio. Cards are balanced based on one versus one play, not multiplayer play. And so over time, as more gimmicks and cards and effects came out, it became clear that certain cards, certain effects, were better in multiplayer than they were in singles. They were unbalanced for multiplayer. And so the targeting and tunneling rules were created to restrain those cards, to bring them into balance, to make them play as if they were in a singles match. So tunneling specifically, the idea behind cards tunneling is that they should play like they play in a singles match. For example, I'll use set up the steel chain that I've been using. When that card's in play in multiplayer and it adds text to finish submissions, it only adds text to finish submissions played by the person who hit the card and the person who the card was hit against and only on submissions played against each other. Because in a singles match, that's what it would do. It would make it so that it worked against the two of them like it would if they were playing singles. So if Titan hits set up the steel chain, using the example from earlier, against Mr. A Wonderful, it would only put that text on cards played by Mr. A Wonderful against Titan and cards played by Titan against Mr. A Wonderful. Because if those two people were playing a singles match with that card, that's how it would work. With this Embrace the Madness line, by allowing it to break the tunneling rules to apply to any card the person who was hit against plays against any player, it makes the card, in my opinion, better in multiplayer than it would be in singles, which is exactly what the tunneling rule is there to prevent. The tunneling rule is to make it so cards aren't better in multiplayer than they are in singles. And in my opinion, this violates that. This makes this card better. And that's why it should not have been ruled the way it was ruled. Now, that is currently the ruling. We have to live by that. We have to respect that. Steve Resk did mention that this is kind of under review. This ruling may get reversed. We'll have to see. But right now, that is the ruling. The Embrace the Madness line does not tunnel. I wanted to bring that up because I talked a lot about that last week. That's where we are. That's where we stand with those rules. Kickstarter news. The next Kickstarter campaign for Super Show the Comic issue number six is going to launch September 24th. SRG Universe is encouraging people to currently follow the campaign. The first follower goal is 150 followers. I'm encouraging people to follow as well. If we hit 150 followers, we'll get the first community goal for that. And this is very important. This is why I'm urging people to follow. If we hit 150 followers on the Kickstarter campaign before DragonCon, the Michael Mosley competitor sets, the newest competitors in that line, will be available for purchase on supershowthegame.com. Right now, the only way you can get them is if you're at DragonCon 
and how you would actually get them is somewhat murky at best. They don't have a vendor booth at DragonCon. They can sell some product for sealed events in their play area because they do have a play area. I talked about the three events they're running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at DragonCon. It looks like they may also do some various pods throughout the weekend. And we may see some prizing in those sealed events that could be some of the con-exclusive stuff at DragonCon. But right now, the only way to get Michael Mosley, unless we hit this goal, is to have someone maybe get it for you at DragonCon, if that's possible. And then outside of that, who knows? Maybe it'll be in mystery boxes and payoff packs. We don't know. I want to be able to get one of those. I know a lot of people want to be able to get those. So please follow the campaign. Help us unlock that. Following the campaign is not pledging. If you follow, you're not saying I'm going to give the campaign money. All following does is Kickstarter will send you an email September 24th when the campaign starts. That's all following does. But if you follow, for those of us who are in the campaign, we'll get that first community goal. And for everyone, we'll be able to buy Michael Mosley competitors, the newest two. The two that would be coming out at DragonCon. We'll be able to buy those on Supershowthegame.com. Last I looked before I started recording, we were at 101 people following. Only 49 more followers will get us the goal. We have a little over three days to do it. So please get out there. If you haven't followed the Kickstarter campaign, even if you're not going to pledge the campaign, please do us a favor. Follow it. Help us get that goal. Live play events. I just briefly talked about Dragon Con. I don't have any news for Dragon Con besides what I just talked about a few moments ago. There's been nothing else added to Dragon Con. I would say watch the next episode of Talk of the Universe if you want a little more information about Dragon Con. That's this Wednesday coming up. But my next show will be the Sunday Dragon Con weekend. And so any information I have to give you will be too late. I will report on the results as best I can. I may only be able to give you the Friday and Saturday tournament results because the Sunday tournament is happening Sunday night. It might be too late to get the results on the show and to get the show out in time. After that, after Dragon Con, the next big live and play event, Pixel, Palace, Pandemonium 4, in Columbus, Ohio, my home store, hosting a Creative Competitor Tournament. Tickets are on sale on Eventbrite.com. $35 going from memory. There's a small book to list there. There will be no stipulations in the tournament except for main event in the finals. The number of Swiss rounds and the top cut will be determined by how many people are at the event. After that, we have ArmorCon in Marlboro, Massachusetts, October 13th through October 15th. I talked about that last week. The 14th, Saturday, will be a Create a Competitor Tournament at the con. We also now have a date for the next Marktoberfest. Marktoberfest 5 will be the same weekend as ArmorCon. 
October 14th, Saturday, they'll be hosting a Create a Competitor Tournament. So two Create a Competitor Tournaments, same day, August 14th, one in Massachusetts, one in Ohio. I will be at the Marktoberfest. I'll cover that as best I can. And I'll try to give you as much coverage from ArmorCon as I can, even though I won't be there. Regarding Marktoberfest, I do have some additional information. Tickets are currently on sale on the Recess Games website. $30 for your ticket. And the start time is also listed there. Noon start time on October 14th. So if you want to get your ticket, reserve your seat, go to the Recess Games website. You can search Marktoberfest. You can go to their event calendar. Go to October 14th. Find Marktoberfest. Click there. Make your purchase. Reserve your seat. As far as any booked list, I assume Vanilla Gorilla is booked because he's always booked at their events. Outside of that, who knows? I don't have stipulation information yet either. I'll give you what I have as it comes out. Right now, that's what I have on Marktoberfest. Tickets on sale now, $30 per ticket through the Recess Games website. We had one featured match that I'm aware of this week. Wednesday after Talk of Universe, the LFF Underworld Championship was on the line. The champion, the big guy, playing as the new version of Matt Stevens, took on challenger Ant West, playing a snake pit. And the story of this match was just domination by the big guy. Ant West couldn't catch a break on the turn rolls. The big guy won the majority of the turn rolls. The match ends up going to crowd meter three. Your winner and still champion is the big guy. Congratulations to the big guy for another successful defense. And then one last thing before I talk about the online tournaments from this past week and then Sunday Night Fights and the Faction Wars news. Steve Resk announced that SRG Universe is working on a new game, Scare B&B One Night in Halloween Town. From what he said, he's enjoying the way the game engine works. He's enjoying the playtesting process. I don't know when we'll see that happen. Apparently they've been working on this for quite a while. But potentially a new game coming down the pike for SRG Universe. I don't have any news besides that. And now let's talk about the online tournaments. Only two that I'm aware of. Both tournaments were run by the consigliere to the SRG BOSS, Brian Waitford-Schmidt. Monday night, Monday night fights, 10 players, two groups, Five players per group, top two records per group advance to the top cut. The semifinal matches are dark matches. The finals match and the third place match are buddy building matches. Your top four are in fourth place, playing as Snake Pit, Carlos Lumbre. In third place, playing as Maverick Jones, Ken Fouché. Your finalists were Casey Ryan, playing as 8-Bit Eric. And Cheshire playing as Grande Gallo with your winner, Cheshire. Congratulations to Cheshire for winning Monday Night Fights with a blank gimmick. Because in the buddy building stipulation, you can't increase your skills. His gimmick boosts his skills. So, tough feat, but he gets it done. Congratulations to Cheshire. 
Thursday, we have Thursday night fights. 18 players here, three groups of six. Top two players per group advance. That's only six. So the three third place players square off in a triad match. The person who wins the triad match and the other player who's not pinned round out the top eight. In the quarterfinal round of the top cut, the top eight, they use the New York rule stipulation. Semifinal round, dark matches. Finals round, tables, ladders, and chains. And it looks like that match started at crowd meter three. Your two semifinalists were Drew Madsen as El Scorpio and Jokerfish as the Executioner, the original Executioner, not the new one. Your finalists were Cheetah playing as the memes dealer and Simple Chuck playing as Haley Stevens with the winner in the TLC match, Simple Chuck. Congratulations to Simple Chuck for winning Thursday Night Fights. And this brings us to Sunday Night Fights. Before I get into Sunday Night Fights, though, I do have some additional information on the CCC. Pat Mulligan did get back to me. He let me know that match two, Private Cuddles and Matty Bar 1 versus the Trickster and the Phil Birch has been rescheduled September 1st through September 3rd. Same start and end time, 9 p.m. Eastern Friday to 9 p.m. Eastern Sunday. That's when that match is going to happen. Hopefully it will happen then. There will be no additional rescheduling. Hopefully we'll get a good show from all the participants leading up to the match. I was a bit surprised by this because it is a holiday weekend. But that is the date that I've been given. September 1st, this Friday, the next CCC match will begin. On to Sunday Night Fights. There were supposed to be three matches on the card, but one of the matches, the Deep Six Championship match, was canceled. This match was supposed to be between the champion, the Lucha Monaco Uberstar, and the challenger, Ricky Riot, but due to flooding in Michigan, it was canceled. It would have been the main event tonight. Instead, what was going to be the second match ends up being the main event. The opening match was for the American Interstellar Hardcore 23-7 Championship. The champion from the Unionverse, HR, playing as Commissioner Drew Madsen. The challenger, representing the Constellation, the Possum King, playing as the Meeple's champion. This was a pretty lopsided match. HR dominated this match. And HR at crowd meter one takes the victory. She is still the American Interstellar Harder Core 23-7 champion. Congratulations to her. This brings us to the Hollywood Heavyweight Championship match. The challenger, formerly of the Freak Show, split, playing as himself. The champion from the Constellation, Rambo Apocalypse, playing as the original version of EC3. This was a tables, ladders, and chains match. It went all the way up to level 3, more tables. Rambo Apocalypse dominated the match, 
But I will say Split was in it, came very close to hitting finishes, did well, but Rambo Apocalypse was just too much for him to overcome. At more tables, Rambo Apocalypse once again hits the one percenter, rolls an 11, and that is all she wrote. Rambo Apocalypse is still the Hollywood heavyweight champion. Congratulations to him for retaining. This brings us to the general manager's fireside chat talking about Faction Wars 5 and the next challenger for Bob Dunn. It was a bit of a shorter fireside chat than what was originally planned because the Hollywood Heavyweight Championship match went longer than originally anticipated. Here is what we have about Faction Wars 5. Each team in Faction Wars will have seven active players and one bench player, one reserve player. One of the seven active will be the captain. If a team needs to use their bench player, once that bench player replaces one of the main seven, the person replaced is out for the remainder of Faction Wars. So you can't have a bench player step in for a round and then have him go back to the bench and the player he replaced come back into the main team. No, once you're replaced, you're done for the remainder of Faction Wars. Faction Wars 5 is expected to run until May of 2024. That is when they are planning to wrap up the finals of Faction Wars 5. From what I understand, the due date for teams to submit their rosters is September 10th. The draft date is September 21st. That's a Thursday. September 10th is a Sunday. It's two weeks from today as I record this. The draft order will be chosen on Talk of the Universe the night before the draft. So September 20th, we will find out which teams draft in what order. There will be super diversity in the draft. They had this last year. What does this mean? If I draft a competitor that has multiple competitor logos on it, every competitor with that competitor logo is eliminated. For example, let's say I draft, I'm the first pick in the draft, I draft Newman's Henchman. Newman's Henchman is a trio consisting of Snake Pit, Big Shot, and Polly the Pigeon Pacone. If I draft Newman's Henchman, because those three competitor logos are on that card. You cannot draft those three single competitors. You also cannot draft any other Tornado or Trio competitors that are made up of those teams. So if you draft Newman's Henchman, Polly the Pigeon Pacone is also part of the family trio. The family trio can't be drafted. Polly the Pigeon Pacone is also part of Right Hand Men, the Tornado Tag Team. That team can't be drafted. That's what super diversity means. Each team will draft a singles competitor with a printed 10 skill for each different possible skill. So each team will have one singles competitor with a power of 10, printed power of 10, one with a printed technique of 10, one with a printed agility of 10, one with a printed strike of 10, one with a printed submission of 10, and one with a printed grapple of 10. Additionally, each team will draft one tornado tag team and one trio. 
one player on the team will be the designated tornado tag and a trio player. That's all he will play throughout his entire portion of Faction Wars. He will play one match with each. When he faces an opponent, it won't be a best of three series. They had those in the past. It'll just be one fall to a finish, two points for a win. The only restriction on the Tornado Tag and Trio player is it can't be the captain. The captain must play one of the six singles competitors that you draft. People will know in each round who their matchup's going to be, what the rules are, what the stipulations are. They'll be able to construct their decks based on that knowledge, submit that to the team captain, who will then submit that to the general manager because GM Clace will be running Factor Wars 5. Teams will be able to change their competitors' decks each round. Each player must play the same competitor each round. They must also use the same entrance card each round. And each competitor, all the singles, the tornado, and the trio, must use a different entrance card. So if the Power 10 competitor is using Champion of Kickstarter, nobody else on the team can use Champion of Kickstarter. Each team must use the same spectacle type. You must either be all Valiant or all Newman. You cannot mix them. The T50 list does not matter. You are not required to adhere to the T50 list. That is all the information that we have concerning Faction Wars 5. I will report more as I have more, but that is the bulk of what came out of the fireside chat. There was also discussion about who the next opponent for Bob Dunn will be. Bob Dunn is the current LFF World Heavyweight Champion. Some names were thrown around. Big Match Pete, Wrighton, even my name was thrown out there. But here's what the general manager decided. Brian Schmidt has been angling for a championship shot. He missed his shot at Gen Con. He does have an autographed chugga-chugga, chugga-chugga, chugga-chugga-chug. Here's what General Manager Clace proposed. He's going to give a shot to the Crime Wave faction. The faction composed of the SRG BOSS, Brian Waitford Schmidt, the GOAT Brock Smith, so on and so forth. They will choose a representative to get the shot. They'll choose one of their members to get the championship shot. The crime wave has until the day after Labor Day to let General Manager Don Clace know what competitor the crime wave challenger will be using in the championship match. They have to give the general manager 24 hours notice before the eventual date of the match as to who will actually be facing Bob Dunn. Bob Dunn will not know who the challenger is until the moment the match is about to begin. He will know who he is facing when the match is actually about to go, when it's bell time. He will know what the competitor is. He will know the competitor his opponent is using, but he won't know which member of the crime wave he will be facing. That's what we know about the next LFF World Heavyweight Championship shot. Now, 
I know that Bob Dunn has come to Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4 in the past. I've heard rumblings we may see the consigliere to the SRG BOSS, Brian Schmidt there. We're not that far away from where the GOAT Brock Smith is. We could see the LFF World Heavyweight Championship go down at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4. We did have, last year, James Booker cash in on then-champion Bob Dunn at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. Will we see another Bob Dunn defense at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4, who knows? But September 16th, we could see in Columbus, Ohio, a major championship match. That is going to do it for the news I have for this week concerning Super Show the Game. A reminder to everyone, follow the Kickstarter campaign. Go to Kickstarter, search Super Show the Comic. It'll pop right up. Go there, click the follow button. Sign in. Last I looked, we have less than 50 followers to the 150 follower goal. Please follow. If you're looking for online play this week, watch supershowthegame.com for listings. Watch the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook for pop-up events. Dojo Tuesday night, twitch.tv slash srguniverse. And that's all I have for this week. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And a good day.